Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh. Hope you all are doing well on this Saturday afternoon or morning or evening. Whenever you're watching this video, I want to welcome you uh, for to another uh, video of the Wholeness Journey course, where we're going to be talking about the importance of being whole enough to hold the important things in life. So if you're watching for the very first time, my name is Joshua, also known as Coach Josh, and my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after this video, like, man, I like that guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be a coach here online. But for all those who's been rocking me for whether it's been 13, 14 years or 13, 14 minutes that you've been a subscriber, I want to say thank you um, so much for subscribing and listening. Wherever you're listening, wherever you subscribe and being a part of my community, I just want to say thank you so much. Um, for those who are, are new, this course was birthed out of not my most recent book, but it was birthed out of, am I doing this right? Oh, I'm in the wrong one. All right. It was birthed out of this book right here, The Wholeness Journal. It's a great journal, a great resource for your wholeness journey to help you really, really begin to process your ability to hold the important things in life. But since I've already mentioned this book not being my latest, let me let you guys know about the latest book I just released just last week called Facts Over Feelings. It's a great book, great resource to help you process your feelings so that you can get back to fulfilling your purpose in life. It's a great resource to help you really get over those unnecessary feelings because the word of God says, okay to be angry. It's okay to be whatever, but do not sin with it. So this book's a great resource there. And so let me get uh, see who's in the chat right now. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Well, I'm going to get to questions a little bit later. We got some people that's giving questions. I know I do a lot, a lot, a lot of live Q&As, um, but on Saturdays and maybe periodically throughout the week, I give certain messages um, to kind of help you guys um, leverage um, this beautiful life with God. So let me get in and get my notes together. Today, we're going to be talking about the four things, the four things that you need to observe or to test before you're committed, right? And so uh, right now, this message stems from this verse right here, verse John 4, 1, which says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. And also, if I get into this, uh, for those watching on YouTube and on Facebook right now or live or even later, make sure you go ahead and download today's worksheet. Here's the link for today's worksheet. Make sure you go ahead and download. I have a lot of pages uh, not only just with my notes, but other pages to help you process how to test those uh, things in your life. So we'll get back to it a little bit later. But the scripture here is 1 John 4, 1, which says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. So that's why our main text, well, a few weeks ago, we talked about what it means to be the beloved of God. We talked about what it means to believe, have proper belief in God and belief in self so that you won't believe every spirit. And now we're in the testing phase of this text so that we'll be able to see how to test what is what is, is presented in front of us. Last we talked about, real quick recap, last we talked about that our goal is this, that it should always be our goal that it should always be our goal to see whether something or someone is from God or not. We should be in a constant state of ensuring since we are soldiers. The Bible talks about that no soldier who is engaged in warfare entangles his or herself with civilian affairs for her or his joy is to please the one that enlisted him. So as a soldier of God, we're not just sons. 
Some people are just so settled in sonship, which is nothing wrong with that. But we have to understand that we are sons and soldiers. As soon as you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you entered into a, 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 a group. And then if you are enlisted to a group, that means there's another group that's against your group. And so if you have just a sonship mentality, but not a soldier's mentality, then you're going to find yourself um, um, deceived eventually. We also talked about the problem. And for those who want to get this other video, make sure you check out uh, um, uh, why you must test everything. And so you can get these notes as well. Um, but we said the problem is that many people are not taking the time. That many people are not taking the time to fully, properly test what's in front of them, causing them to be tangled for years. How many people, because they did not test that man, did not thoroughly test that woman, did not thoroughly test the opportunity, became entangled for a long period of time? We talked about that there is a spirit behind everything. There is a goal, agenda, motive, and character behind everything. And I also talked about that not everything that sent your way, not everything that went your way was sent your way, but everything that went your way will be used by any one by one of the other side of the of 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 the invisible world, the spiritual world, whether the divine or the demonic, right? We also talked about that proper and consistent testing minimizes demonic traps. We talked about that the more you properly test, the more that you are, are entrusting, because those who trust in God don't mind testing. It's those who do not trust in God in certain areas that do not test. But those who trust God, that God has their husband for them, that God has a wife for them, that God has their children for them, that God has whatever it is that they desire, those who trust God in everything are willing to test everything because they want God's best. We test because we want God's best, not best. We test so that we can have God's best and not be entangled with the devil's pests, right? So proper and consistent testing minimizes demonic traps. If you make it too easy for them, you're going to be entangled eventually. If you make it difficult for them through discipline, you'll find those traps minimized. Let's keep going. We defined what test was. We're going to keep going for time's sake. And last week, we talked in length, length, and two weeks ago, we talked in length of the six things you should always test. We say that you should always test your thoughts. You should always test your habits. You should always test individuals. You should always test your needs or desires. We say you also need to test all guidances that not everybody is guiding you. It should be guiding you. And we also talked about how you should test your supports and the services. So that's a quick recap of what we talked about. And last week's, or well, the last message was so dense that I really recommend that you go ahead and watch it. Now we're going to get into the meat of what we'll talk about today. Probably won't be for you guys too long. Uh, I say that, and then it'd be about an hour and 15. But I'm going to see where the Holy Spirit leads me. Uh, we, we, now we're going to talk about why should you test. And of course, uh, we did acronyms, T-E-S-T. -E and the book that these points all stem from is this book here, Counterfeit or Counterpart, How to Continuously Discern the Will of God in Every Area of Your Life. So this book right here is a great resource that helps you understand discernment, that helps you understand how God confirms it and how God confirms things. Great book. So these points are coming from that book that supports this book and, and et cetera, et cetera, right? So why should you test? Number one, the reason why you should test Everything is because your time is valuable. The reason why you must test everything, 
The reason why you must test that man that is pursuing you, the reason why you should test that woman that's winking at you, the reason why you should test the opportunist that's presented in front of you is because your time is valuable. Like I tell people all the time, you do not spell time, T-I-M-E. You spell time, L-I-F-E. How you spend your time is how you spend your life. It's unfortunate how many people are not taking the time to see how they should invest their time. And the reason why many people are mean is because they don't know what to do with the meantime. People get upset and get thoroughly uh, uh, flustered in their feelings because they don't know what to do with the meantime. They want this particular time. They're tired of their current time and they don't know what to do in the meantime. And in the meantime, they end up being mean with their time instead of being clean with their time. And then they give their time to fiends. They give their time to individuals that are nothing but vultures to them. But the reason why you should test everything is because your time is valuable. Those who treasure their time maximize their time. How do you spend your time? Do you spend it wisely or do you despisely use it? If that even makes sense. But it's important that we understand it, that we'll say, okay, with my time, how am I utilizing it? And so if a person presents themselves to you, you got to ask yourself, uh, what, how much time are you going to require of me? How much of my time? And with time, you got to look at what you're currently stewarding. Those uh, who treasure their time, they invest their time wisely because they know their time is their life. See, as a married man, I cannot overly invest my time all over the place because who deserves the premium, premium time of my time? Right. So there's premium time and then there's other forms of time. But premium time is a time that's dedicated to things that's going to ensure that stuff stays where they need to stay. So first off, the number one person that should get the premium quality of my time is God, because when God gets quality time or when I spend quality time with God, everything else that I spend time with will be quality in of themselves, because when I spend time with God, then he'll teach me, he'll lead me and he'll strengthen me for what to do in the meantime. The issue is the devil knows the value of spending time with God. So what he does is how can I rob your time from God? Making you busy. There's an acronym for busy, being under Satan's yoke. A lot of people are busy but not productive. There's a big difference. Busy people are just trying to fill their time because they don't like to be alone with their time because they don't want their time and their mind to have a, a unison together because they don't want to overly uh, think and invest in what they need to deal with, right? But when it comes to time, we have to say, hey, man, I got to do what I got to do productively. Busy means I'm just occupying my time. I'm looking like I'm productive, but I'm not producing anything, right? That's reproductive. Things that's going to birth something in my future. I have to be productive. That's why I write books. One book can produce and, and, and be reproductive financially for me, can be reproductive in the impact of other people. So we have to make sure that we're saying, okay, what is going to happen? What, what, what is going to be the fruit of this time that I'm investing? Are you busy or being productive, right? Uh, Jesse says, how much of my premium time? That's real. How much of my premium time am I giving to God? Am I giving to number two, myself? Before I can care for others, I must have time of self-care. 
In order for me to have time of self-care, I got to go to someone that I could cast my cares to. So I spend time with God to cast my cares, to open up time for self-care. And then whatever is left with my care, then I can carry and care for others. But when you don't spend time with God and you don't spend time with yourself and you spend all your time with someone else, you're going to find yourself lacking in wealth. You have to test. How will you spend my time? Listen. That's why you go where you celebrate, not where you tolerate it. Listen, I don't spend my time with people that tolerate me. I spend my time with people who celebrate me. I'm not going to spend my time with vultures. I'm going to spend my time with visionaries. I'm not going to spend my time with people who are blind. I'm going to spend my time with people who maximize their own time because they can't maximize their time. They're just going to minimize my time and leave me with nothing in the meantime. So you have to test everything that's in front of you because your time is valuable. You should test because number two, your energy is limited. We're talking about the importance of testing. Why you should test? Because your energy is limited. See, premium time must be determined, will determine premium energy. If the things that are attached to you is draining you and not supplying you, then you're wasting your energy. The goal is, is to invest your energy into synergy. Synergy is when there's connected energy that's pushing towards something um, uh, beneficial. Like, Like the synergy between my wife produces energy. The synergy between other visionaries produces energy. I don't go where there's an end to my energy. I send my energy into synergy where there's where my energy can be inspired, where my energy can be full, where my energy won't make me feel like it's being drained unnecessarily. Now, let me tell you something about God. God will send your energy into places, but that's why you have to understand what he means by his grace is sufficient. Don't go where his grace ain't leading you. And what I mean by that is so many people are, are uh, investing their energy into people that God never guided them to because wherever God got he'll give you grace for that even if you do go an extra mile or you give that extra coat or you spend that extra time, God's grace will then return on that investment. That's why you cannot just keep giving, 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 giving and sending, sending, sending because your giving will determine your living. And if you keep giving your energy to, uh, to leeches that are draining it, then how can you be a person energized for your children, for your spouse, for, for God's house, right? How can you be a person of any resource if you're always tired? Now you got to look at your energy source and ask yourself, what am I doing? Let me tell you the reason why these are these things connect. The reason why I must spend quality time with God is so that I can feel supernaturally energized. That supernatural energy then produces synergy to, to, to then supplement that with the external things that will then give me internal energy. External things like deep sleep. The Bible says he gives his beloved sweet sleep. In order to get sweet sleep, you must know that you're God's beloved. Because when you know you love by God, you can rest in God knowing that God's best will come to you eventually. Right. And so that 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 self-care and that self-love now creates energy through good sleep, through good eating habits, through good social habits. And then you have energy, premium energy to give to things that deserves your energy. 
But so many people are sending their energy to people that is going to destroy it. And then you have nothing left for the people that matter. Why should you test S? Because of self-care and stewardship. The reason why you must test is because of self-care. You got to test that man to say, okay, will you, if you can't care for you, how are you going to care for me? Ladies, that's why you got to look at a man's life and see the maintenance of the things that he's managing. If the things that he's managing, managing is not maintained well, then he won't maintain you well. Or even if the things in his life is maintained well, that doesn't mean he'll maintain you well because he may his his life could be in the things that he's maintaining. So you have to understand that that a man after God's own heart, a man that loves God will maintain everything correctly. And so you got to look at the way that man maintains and how he carries himself. How does he maintain the things of God? Because how he maintains the things of God and how he maintains his life in connection with God will determine how he'll maintain you and vice versa, fellas. But it's important for you to understand, hey, man, I just can't I just can't just care for you. I have to take care of myself. If what is in front of you is going to affect your care of you, then that thing should not even be in your life. Also, stewardship. I got to test everything because if if I let you in my life and you affect the stewardship of my wife, then you're nothing but a knife. And the only thing you're going to do is call strife, right? So I got to make sure that, okay, is what in front of me going to affect what I'm stewarding? It's going to affect my wife. It's going to affect my children. It's going to affect my money. If it's going to affect my, my responsibilities, so when an opportunity comes my way, I test and say, okay, will, will it add unnecessary burden to me? Is it going to affect the self-care of me? Is it going to affect the things that I'm stewarding? That's why you got to test it and say, hey, man, is this God's best? Because the Bible says the blessings of the Lord adds no sorrow. The issue is because we're afraid we don't know what tomorrow holds, we add sorrows to today. But God never sent it your way. God's blessing. My wife never added a day of sorrow in my life. Therefore, I know she's a blessing of God. Now, don't get me wrong. You have your days in marriage. We're talking about sorrow. Sorrow by definition. Let's, let's, let's look that up. Sorrow definition. It says a feeling of deep distress caused by loss, disappointment, or other misfortunes suffered by oneself or others. Deep distress. Right. And so the, the blessed Lord asked none of that. That's why you got to say before I get be a part of that, I'm going to test the parts of that. Right. Let's keep going for time's sake. Why should you test last T? Because you need to reach your targets. A soul with no goals won't hold. A soul with no goals will not eventually hold what they want to hold. Right. So. I tell my students all the time, you got to have goals. If you don't have goals, you're going to be idle. And when you're idle, you're going to entertain uh, uh, unnecessary things. You got to have goals, big goals, goals that will get you beyond uh, um, this, this, the, 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 the trials or tests of life. Got to have goals. Hey, hey, man, if this man is in your life right now and he's taking time away from your goals, this woman is taking time away from your goals. Listen, you want to be around people that got goals, too. Because if, if you are the goal for that person, then you're only going to be scored for him. 
You're only going to be scored for them, but you ain't going to be able to score. You're going to end up being that person's goalie. The only thing you are is nothing but goal to him or goal to her. See, my relationships should not be the goal. It should be a means to a goal. It should be something that aids to a goal. And, and, and it should be similar to your goal, that y'all both have common goals. Because if you're dating or relationship with someone who have no goals and you become the goal, then they're going to be annoying to your soul. They're going to keep calling you. They're going to keep texting you all day. You want people who got their own goals. My wife, when I met her, had her own goals. So you know what happened? After I was accomplishing my goals, I had to meet her at UNC Charlotte. And with the, the main times in the beginning that I was able to see her was when she was coming out of her graduate classes. She had goals. I wasn't going to be like, why you got to go to class today? Why are you going after that goal today? No, I had my own goals. I was doing my own ministry, writing my own books, doing my own thing. Therefore, we wasn't texting each other all day. We wasn't calling each other eat every day, all the time, not every day, but all day because we had our own individual goals. And when we had downtime and a common time for where our goals were not being pursued, we was able to pursue each other. Right now, my wife have her own goals. I have my own goals that are common goals. Right. But she's not my goal. I'm not waiting all day or waiting for her to be the goal for my soul. No, God, the, the phrase well done, my good and faithful servant is my goal. See, I tell people all the time, if you don't have no eternal goal, you won't have no enduring earthly grind. When you have an eternal goal, you will be able to get past all these different things. The word of God said, it says it says this, that uh, the joy that was set before him. Helped him endure the cross, despise his shame. Jesus' goal for us was us. So now if you reverse it, if Jesus is your goal and eternity is your goal, then you will endure and you will have joy despite what you may be facing today. So my ultimate goal in life is not my wife, it's eternal life. And so if that's my goal, then I'm going to do well down here because I'm looking to one day hear, well done. What are your goals for your souls? So why should you test everything that's in front of you? Four reasons why you should test everything before you commit. You got to see if it's legit and you got to see that you're legit because if you don't see that your time is life or that your energy is precious, that self-care is important and that stewardships are, are, are your responsibilities and if you have no targets, then you're going to accept pests, not God's best. Right now in life, right now in life, are you waiting for God's best or entertaining the devil's pests? Either way, you're going to have to face that test. See, in life, you got to say, hey, man, I know you're beautiful. I know you're handsome. You are an amazing individual. On the outside, you look great. But at the end of the day, I want God's best. And the issue is people are not willing to wait for God's best because they're not allowing God to work them into their best. Everybody wants God's best, but they don't want to be that other thing's best. You have to match best with best. You can't match best with stress. You can't match match, uh, match best with pest. You got to match best with best. So in the meantime, become your best. If you want to match God's best, 
And the issue is we are lazy as a culture. We we have been in, uh, uh, over uh, overladen with convenience to the point to where we're not doing anything with our time now to actually become our best. That's selfish to ask for God's best, but do nothing in, in the moment. You got to say, hey, man, I'm going to do whatever it takes to become God's best, to match God's best so that we can do great things and do the best thing for, for God himself. So that's why you must test. I must test because I got to make sure that it's God's best. And I'm going to tell you something about God's best. God's best is not going to come when you at stress. God's best is not going to come when God's not the best for you. See, God's best is not going to come in the middle of, you see, God did not bring Adam, Eve, when Adam was naming the animals, because you know, when he would have saw those bosoms, those bosoms would distract him from naming the apes. Her shape would have kept him from naming the apes. And then that's why God didn't bring Eve then, because he knew that when he brought Eve, Eve was going to be a nice, a uh, 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 distraction. So God did not bring Adam, Eve, when he was when he was naming animals, he brought Adam Eve when he was at rest. In order to receive God's best, you have to be in God's rest. Hear me. In order to receive God's best or in order to uh, uh, be in position to receive God's best, you got to be positioned in God's rest. Adam was put to sleep and then God pulled the woman out of him. That's why men have to have a vision. A man has to have a vision. A man has to have a vision so that when the vision is pulled out of him, see, do you understand? We're missing a rib. So you got to know what's going to fix your fix uh, uh, fit your rib cage. So you got to be out of cages in order to see what's going to fit your rib cage in the form of a rib. The issue with a lot of men is people, a lot of men don't even know what capacity. They don't know how big their cage is. They don't know how to big their stage is. And they don't know what size of rib they need to fulfill that part of them. And so that's why you got to be at a place of rest. Men, that's why ladies don't, don't, if a man is pursuing you restlessly, then he's not the right one for you. You cannot be his goal, right? And, and vice versa. If a woman is getting restless with you, now don't get me wrong now, if you're making her restless, that's on you. But if she came to you restless, fam, that's not, that's not, that's not beneficial. But God's best is in God's rest. And if you want God's best, you got to be in God's rest. Let's keep going. So you should test everything because your time is valuable. Your energy is limited. You need to test everything because of self-care and your stewardships. And you got to test everything because you need to reach your targets. Let's keep going. Now, before you serve, before you serve that man, that one man, that opportunity, before you even press in and being committed to a thing, you must first observe or test these four things. Number one, T, you must test its temperament. You must test its temperament. Temperament means um, it's, it's, it's desire of you. If a thing wants you too badly, then it's too bad for you. See, the, uh, on the other side of the test must also be someone or something at rest. The opportunity must be rested. The woman must be rested. The man must be rested. If it comes restless, then it's not God's bestest. So if you got to, you got to check his temperament. How bad does it want you? 
So if an opportunity comes to you and it's aggressive and it's not patient, it's not gentle, it's not kind, it's not bearing the, the, the fruits of the Holy Spirit or the temperament of the Holy Spirit, then that thing is going gonna, is gonna, is gonna to destroy you. But if it's patient with you and it says, take however long to process this, right? God's things are not going to demand you and press you and push you. They're going to come with the characteristics of God. It's going to come peaceful. It's going to come gentle. It's going to come understanding. It's going to come with confirmation, right? So you got to test temperament. And if it's coming uh, uh, restless stuff, it's not God's best for you. Let's look at an individual. If a person is pressing, pressing, we got to get married, 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 right? Dating, 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 dating. Like it's pressing. See, you know the product of a thing by the presence of that thing. If the package is pressuring, it's sent by the devil. If the package is peaceful, not talking about counterfeit, counterfeit peace. We're talking about peaceful, a confirming peace from God. God will never pressure you because God is above time. God's not pressed for time. <laughs> Anything above time ain't pressed for time, right? So, so if God's not pressed, then it shouldn't be pressing on me, right? So in order to, before you serve, you got to test his temperament. What is his temperature? Is it coming in hot? Is it coming in cold? You don't want something that's coming in cold. You see what I mean by that? That girl came to you cold-hearted, cold-blooded, cold-hearted. He's cold. So you got just some people come in hot, some people come cold. Some people can be bold with their cold. And what I mean by that, they they are numb. They're they're hurt. So you got one spectrum of people who are super zealous about relationships, super zealous about friendship, super zealous about things. Then you got people who are just numb by the thing and they're going to be cold to you. And you got to watch out for those individuals who come in cold, right? Before you serve, you must observe or test the end result. That's why the Bible says, count it all joy. Spiritual mathematics is important. You got to have discernment. You got to be able to think three to 30 moves ahead. You got to be able, when that thing is presented, you got to say, what will be the end result of me engaging with this thing? What will be the end result? Hurt, pain. You Listen. Conviction always precedes condemnation. The Holy Spirit always beats the temptation. So when that thing is in front of you, the Holy Spirit is going to prick. He's going to be like, no, this ain't it. This thing ain't legit. This thing does it did not come from God. The Holy Spirit is going to tell you that all of us, when we dated somebody, all of us, when we had an opportunity in front of us, we all to a degree felt that Holy Spirit say no. We felt that no, but our flesh want her to go. Heard the go. We listen to the go of the flesh versus the no of the spirit, right? So you got to be able to say, okay, because those who are God's beloved take time to test. Because hey, man, I want I want my end. I I want my ladder to always be greater than my former. <laughs> so I got to test the end result. If I entertain this person, if I entertain this opportunity, what will be the end result? Because if the end result is not rejoicing, then I don't want it. If the end result is regretting, I don't want it. And you can't be so desperate for something. You can't be so pressed for something that you don't test that something or someone. And ask yourself, what would be the end result if I entertain this? 
But see, we care so much about these three letters now than we care about the last three letters of end. How will this thing end? Not how this thing will make me feel now. Before you serve or observe, you must test its as scriptural supports. You must test to see, does the word of God support this? Does the word of God support this lifestyle? Does the word of God support this? <clears throat> and that's important. That's why in life, there has to be a foundation that we live from. There has to be a set of rules, codes, or principles that we live by. There must be certain levels of standards <clears throat> that we stand on. I told a young lady the other day, counseling her, coaching her. I told her, I said, hey, man, if, you, if you're entering a relationship with no standards, then, then that individual is going to use you or abuse you. You got to have standards. This is what I stand on, and you can't budge from it. You can't budge from the standards because people don't have standards. The lower your standards, anybody can jump the fence. If your standards are low, that means anybody can hop it. But if your standards are high, people don't got the time to climb. People don't have the time or the mindset to climb. So if your standards are high, only those who understand those standards know how to climb those, those heights. So if the word of God is not your standard, then what's your standard? And if your standards is not the word of God, then it means there will be no eternal support. The eternity supports the word of God. And so if you're built on the word of God, then you're going to be sustained by the living God. Because the word is living and active. Right? So does the scripture support this? Can I find five scriptures to support this, this, this man at this time? This one man. Is this man a woman of God? Is this man a, a man of God? Is this opportunity, opportunity from God? What is the word of God says about this? It has to be scripture supported. Before you serve, observe, or test its timing. You must test its timing. Is this the right time for a relationship right now? He's handsome, great car, great job, loves the Lord, but is it the right time? She's beautiful, knows all the scriptures, fears God, quote unquote, right? But is this the right time? See, there was a time for me to meet my wife, but it wasn't time for me to marry my wife. There's timings even with the right thing. Mm. There's timings even with the right things. And what does that mean? That it may be time for you to meet, but it may not be time for you to marry. It may be time for you to connect, but it may not be time for you to carry. And see, there's timings and you have to trust God's timing. If you don't trust God's timing, then you're going to end up with trash. <laughs> So you have to understand that, hey, is this the right time? And and, and, and if you are self-reflecting and if you take time to self-reflect, then you can determine what's projected. You can say, hey, man, I'm not ready for you. It takes an honest person. It takes a person that's loved by God to look at a good thing and say, I'm not ready for you. Because God's timing is perfect. That don't mean you'll be perfect at the right time. You'll just be prepared for the right time. So in order... Before you commit to anything, you got to see the legitimacy of that thing. And these are the four things you got to observe. You got to observe its temperament. Is it coming to you hot and is it coming to you cold? Or is it coming to you the right temperature? Peaceful, gentle, cool. If it's coming to you cold, it's coming to you hot, it's too, too much. But if it's coming to you cool, peaceful, gentle, rested, then that's God's best. You got to also test 
the end result. What would be the end of this? You also got to test the scripture supports and you also must test its timing. Now, last test that you have to process. The following are required in order to properly test. Here are four things that are required in order for you to properly test. Number one, you must have full trust in God. In order to properly test, in order for you to test well, you must have full trust in God. Anyone who does not have a full trust in God will not take the time to test. Those who have full trust in God, even though it's frustrating, come on, you're not going to always have perfect feelings with full trust in God. You just know how to process those feelings. You understand that God is faithful. Therefore, your feelings begin to subside to the right temperatures, right? But when you know that you trust God, let me, I tell my students all the time, the garage and the main house are on the same what? They're on the same foundation. The garage doesn't have its own foundation and the house have a different foundation. Both parts are on the same slate of cement, Right. So I have all of me has to be built on his foundation. Part of me cannot be built on God. And the other part of me is built on my money. Part of me cannot be built on God. And some part of me built on my money and the other parts built on my marriage. It all must be built on God so that no matter what earthquake comes, I won't be shaken. It may be a couple of shingles blown off the roof. It may be a busted window somewhere, but I won't be utterly destroyed. Right. So I have to have full trust in God. That's right, Sophia. That's true. Full trust in God. This is a hard thing to learn, but it's worth it. There's going to be, listen, and listen, listen, I have to trust the one who can see everything. I have to trust the one that's above time. Why? Because hindsight is 2020. At the end of a thing, you're able to see the thoroughness of a thing, right? And then you'll be able to say, God, you a genius for whoop, 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 moving this over here, doing what you do best, right? That's why I love. That's right, Jesse, like the, the, the bears, not too hot, not too cold, just right. God does things just right. See, that's why when you know that God is good and God has his best and you could put your full trust in him. And be at rest so that you can properly test. Because you know that if it ain't God's best, I'm willing to wait. I'm willing to wait for it. However long, God. When I'm riding with God, I never ask God how long. When I ride with God, I say take however long. Because I know that when I eventually get to your destination, it will be an oasis. People who ride with God, how long, God? How much longer, God? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? But when you ride with God, you got to be like, God, take your time. However long, I'm enjoying your company. See, we want God to be our four tires and not to be the one behind the steering wheel. So we want God to be our Michelin. God, just get me to where, just get me to where I'm going to use you to get to where I want to go. Nah, I go where he drives me, where he guides me. So you have to have full trust in God. <clears throat> now, how do you have full trust in God? Number one, you got to track God's faithfulness. You must track God's faith. You must write down the faithfulness of God. You can't measure God's faithfulness by the peaks. You measure God's faithfulness by the valleys. The issue is the reason why we don't have full trust in God is because we only track God's faithfulness based upon the big things that he has done. 
Do you know how long time periods are in between big things coming through? It's a lot of time. So I could easily rejoice at God if he was Amazon Prime because I got it in two days. But what happened when you got to get something big transported over waters? So the reason why people don't have full trust God because their, their metrics are off. Their tracking is off. You got to track God's faithfulness by the little things he does. God's been faithful to me more in the little things. So if I track the little faithfulness of God, it builds my faith incrementally that I can have <clears throat> strong faith eventually to be able to bring. See, do you have the faith for the big things? If you don't have full trust in God with the little things and full trust in God and managing the last big thing, again, how can you have the faith to be able to manage the big things? So you have to have full trust in God. Number one, how you have full trust in God, you got to track God's faithfulness. How to have full trust in God, you, you have to increase your understanding of God. I'm spelling the word full. How do I have the full trust in God? I got to track God's faithfulness. And you, I got to get to know him. I got to understand him more. You got to start looking at God's attributes, see how he carries himself, how he moves himself. Last but not least, in order to have full trust for God, two L's, you got to let him love. Let him love you. Simple as that. Let him love you. Because when you let God love you, you begin to understand that you're God's beloved. There's no room for condemnation when it comes to Christ. There's no more condemnation in his life. We are, we are, uh, are saved by the grace of God. So I, I gain full trust in God when I track his faithfulness. I gain full trust in God when I understand him more. And I gain full trust in God when I let him love me. What is also required in order for you to have full trust in God? E emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence, or in other words, discernment. How's your EQ? Your EQ will determine what's for you. You got to be able to emotionally discern, in, in, uh, um, deeply discern, emotional intelligence, being able to really read the body language, to be able to read um, what else is being, what is else on this page of this person, right? Emotional intelligence, being able to discern. I had a great definition for emotional intelligence. Let me find it. I, I was, I'm teaching this with my students right now, uh, my 16, 18 year old Bible class. Let me see if I can... Um, um, let me see if I can find these notes because I, I there was a definition of emotional intelligence that I think that I, I was sharing with the students. And I want to make sure I share with y'all emotional intelligence. Let's see. Mm, man, come on. Emotional intelligence. Uh, I don't intelligence. Let's see if this is it. Uh, did I delete it? Okay. Uh Oh, it says emotional intelligence is most often defined as, hear me, the ability to perceive, use, understand, manage, and handle emotions. Emotional intelligence is often defined as the ability to see. If I'm emotionally everywhere, how can I emotionally uh, uh, inspect? How am I able to perceive the emotional stability of another person? How am I able to use my emotions correctly? How am I able to understand the emotions of a woman or understand the emotions of a man? How am I going to be able to manage these? Like, do you know, as a husband, I have to manage my wife's emotions? Listen, the number one thing that a man wants is peace. And I told my students one time, the reason why I don't have side pieces, because I want peace in my house. Uh, I have to manage the peace of my wife if I want to have peace in my life. 
So emotional intelligence is being able to be to have a high level of intelligence, intelligence to be able to do what's right, to move in a way that manages the emotions of my wife. That's emotional intelligence. That I'm able to perceive how I'm moving and change my tone and change my uh, uh, alter my bones, meaning my posture, and be able to do and say it in a right way that keeps her stabilized and vice versa. So I have to make sure that I am I am emotionally intelligent. Man, did I erase my notes? I think I did. Hold on. I gotta make sure. Man, I just erased my notes. Did I erase it? Emotional. No, I didn't. Good. I have to, I must have the ability. Listen, ability is important. Ability is important. Responsibility by definition is that I have the ability to respond. I have the ability, like adaptability. I have the ability to adapt. Anything with ability at the end, you got to assess, do I have the ability to do what the first word says? I have to not only perceive, so when a person comes, you got to perceive, how are they emotionally? You'll be able to read the way they move, how they carry themselves, what kind of person they are. You got to be able to use your emotions correctly. <laughs> Listen, emotions that are not rooted in, 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 the, in the spiritual fruit of the Holy Spirit ain't going to be legitimate. You got to understand feelings and you got to understand emotions and manage them and handle them. So if my wife is coming in hot, I got to learn how to handle that, right? So what I'm saying is in order to properly test the thing, you got to have emotional intelligence with that thing. You got to have deep discernment. You got to make sure that you are, are, are firm with your own emotions before you try um, to discern someone else's. If you're emotionally unstable, you're going to unstabilize or in, uh, unstabilize other people's emotions. The goal in life is stabilization. I talk about that in my book, this book right here, Facts and Feelings, that I have to stabilize, I have to be stabilized in order to stabilize. I can't be unstable and then be mad about what's brought to my table. Simple as that. The followings are required to proper test, full trust in God. Number two, E, emotional intelligence. Number three, scriptural soundness. I must be sound scripturally. I must be sound scripturally in order to properly test. You can't have a shallowness in your understanding of God's word and expect to understand what you've heard and perceive what you're hearing or seeing. I have to be scripturally sound. Wherever you, the Bible says, a cast down vain imaginings and every thought that exalted itself against the knowledge of what? God. The less I know, the less I go. Woo! The less I know, the less I go. The less I know, the less I flow. But the more I know, the further I can go and be able to perceive what is what is actually scripturally sound and sanctification. I got to be, see, you can't just be, thank glad that you're saved. There's three parts to salvation. There's justification, then there's sanctification, and then there's glorification. Glorification is when we're in heaven. We're in our glorified body. It's finished. Justification is when we have been adopted, has been justified uh, eternally that I am God's son. Nothing can change that. I am justified as God's son, but I cannot be just settled in sonship. I just can't be content in sonship. I have to want to look like the son. I have, to, I have to endeavor to be more like him in everything. 
Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his what? Help me, church. Righteousness. So I got to seek first the kingdom of God, my position in him. I'm here to report for duty. And I got to then say, hey, I want to be more righteous with my wife. I want to be more righteous with my money. I want to be more righteous with my time. I want to do as if God would have done in flesh in Jesus now. That if Jesus was walking the earth right now, I want to live and move like that. So I go deeper in sanctification. I go deeper into purity. It's hard for me to see what's pure for me when I'm impure myself. So you have to say, hey, man, in order for me to properly test, man, I got to be scripturally sound and I have to be deep in the sanctification. Last but not least, in order for me to properly test, I must be, I must, uh, uh, be thorough, and I must have some past tests too. <clears throat> I must be thorough, detailed. The devil's in the details. <clears throat> the devil, you, the devil is. Demons are subtle. Demons know that we're easily distracted. Demons know that we don't look at details. Demons know that that we don't take time to see everything. We just see the big things. We don't like the fine print. We don't take time to read the fine print. And that's why we in us find ourselves behind bars. We feel I find ourselves behind prisons, right? So you got to be thorough because your life is treasured. When your life is treasured, you are thorough, right? So no matter what, purchasing a car this past week, they were thorough. I had to be thorough. Everybody had to be thorough. No matter what, you have to be thorough, 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 because you are treasure, treasure, treasure. You have to be thorough. You got to look at every corner of that thing. Hey, man, that's why you don't know the measure of a man or woman that you marry until you see them at their highest of height and their lowest of lows. And if you haven't seen those two, don't marry that person. If you haven't seen them at their highest of highs or their lowest of lows, then you don't want to be with them. You got to be thorough. Also, you got to pass some tests, man. In order to properly test, you got to have passed tests. Now, none of us are perfect. This, this, None of us are going to be perfect. The goal is to progress in each of these areas. The number one question, the question you got to ask them, number one, what, where in my life do I lack trust in God? I want you to get a sheet of paper. I think I have this in my notes. I don't think I do. I should have added these. I want you to write on the, on the worksheet, the worksheet that's available on um, the links in the description box below for the uh, worksheet for the course, right? And if you want to sign up, the course is free. You can sign up today. Hit that link. Uh, and when it comes to lifework.teachable.com, hit that link. Sign up for the course. There's also a worksheet with other videos, right? But with that worksheet on the back of one of those papers, I want you to write down um, what areas in my life do I lack full trust in God? Do I lack full trust in God when it comes to my relationships? Because when you lack, when you lack full trust in God when it comes to relationships, you will end up being in relationship with anyone or anything. But if you have full trust in God, you will say, "Do we relate?" Before I get on your ship as a woman, before I get on your ship, I got to see, "Do we relate?" Not only do we relate, do you relate to God? Before you welcome her on your ship, young man, you got to say, do you relate to me? Do you relate to God? Are we relatable? See, relationship is relate on ship. Before you let anyone on your ship, you got to ask them, do we relate? So before you get on his ship, young lady, you gotta ask them, do we relate? Do we have common goals, common standards? Do we have common mission? Do we have common vision? 
Do you relate to God? Are you a man of God or a man in God? You heard me say that in the video before. You don't want a man that's in God because everybody's in God. For the Bible says it's in him that we live, move, and have our being. So everybody's a man in God. Everybody's a woman in God, but not everybody's of God. Right now, my T-Mobile, I'm of T-Mobile. My phone is of T-Mobile, despite Verizon being everywhere. I'm of T-Mobile because I'm in right? I'm other because I got the services. The same with God. God is everywhere, but doesn't mean you're tapped in. Doesn't mean that you're from him. Doesn't mean that you're of him. So before you get on his ship, see if he relates to God and to see if he relates to you. Because even though there's a lot of men of God that relates to God, but that's not your man of God. That's not your woman of God. So you, before you let her on your ship or before you go on his ship, see if y'all are relatable. Triune. Are you related? Is he relatable to himself? Is he relatable to God? Is he relatable? Can he be relatable to you? Is she relatable to herself? Is she relatable to God? It can she be relatable to you? If you don't have that full trust in God, then you'll let anyone on your ship and you'll get on anyone's ship. Also, got to say, where do I lack self control emotionally? What is keeping me from being emotionally intelligent? Also, ask yourself, where am I not sound scripturally? And am I just shallow in my walk with God? Am I really deep in sanctification? And then ask them, am I thorough? Am I, am I really thorough with the thing that I'm testing? And what tests have I passed? This book now is available on my website uh, or on Amazon, The Wholeness Journal. Just simply type in Joshua Ezzy. It's a great book for your, it's a great journal for your journey. Thank you all so much for watching my video, man. I hope y'all got something from it. I guess I did. I, I, I got finished less than an hour. I got some things to take care of today, so I'll do a live Q&A probably tomorrow or if not Monday. So we got a lot of people, a lot of people. Thank y'all so much for joining me in the live. All these comments are great, great. Managing uh, discouragement is so important when it comes to faith. We underestimate how important it is to manage faith in God. That's right. Just says, wait for it. It will come and not tarry. Wait for the vision. That's right. Man of God versus man in God. Do you relate to God and relate on ship? That's right. A lot of great points. Thank y'all for so much for joining me. And for those who are new to what I do, make sure you subscribe. Also, check out the links in the description box below. Check out this book, The Wholeness Journal, for your wholeness journey. A great resource to help you on this journey to hold things right. Check out my latest book. It just came out last week, Facts Over Feelings. This book will also help you to process your feelings so that you can see the facts behind them so that you can walk in faith in God. Another book that will support you along these lines is also my other book, Counterfeit or Counterpart, How to Continue to Discern the Will of God in Every Area of Your Life. Also, if you want to learn more about how to maximize your singleness, this book would be a great resource for you. If you want to learn how to properly date and become dateable, this book is a great resource. It has a lot of questions that will either help you end the wrong relationship or extend a relationship. If you're struggling with soul ties or strongholds, I have this book called The Purpose of Freedom. Great resource there. Uh, a book for kids. Um, it's a great book my wife created. And also a book on spiritual warfare, how to put on the whole armor of God. What is the whole armor of God and how to protect yourself in this war? Also, we got t-shirts available all on my website, imunplugged.com. And if you need to talk to me one-on-one, they say, hey man, this was a great video, but I need to talk to you about some things. Just go to my custom coaching tab on my website. If you need help with your relationships, spiritual development, your singleness, purpose, or branding, let me know how I can serve you. Hope this was a blessing to you all. Hope you have a great weekend. Uh, what tests have you passed? Great. I see some of y'all are coming in. So thank y'all so much for watching. Um, uh, Sophia says, be blessed, Josh. Always appreciate you taking your time to help your audience. May God strengthen your walk even more. Regards to you and your wife. Thank y'all so much. 
Uh, Jazz says, which book would be good for manhood? Um, the singleness book. I have a whole chapter on manhood on that book. We talked about how we I go into greater details about Adam and how Adam um, was positioned by God. I go into great depth, depths about that and what men should do. Um, I, do I have a book in here? And that's so that'd be a good book for you. Also, counterfeit or counterpart, and the wholeness book would be good for manhood too, because it's gonna have you self-reflecting, my brother. Thank you so much for watching, family. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all next time. And in the meantime, put your full trust in God. I love you all. Be blessed. Peace.